Welcome to another edition of the Copcast Podcast, Liverpool 2, Real Madrid 5. Oh, um, okay, so I've got Chief in Donegal, I've got Jay in Liverpool. Jay, you're at the game. It, I, I don't want to really... Uh, let's start on the, the horrendousness and try and finish on a high, right? We for the bad news first, then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, always the bad news first. Look, we start well. They score a goal. I think out of nothing. I know we've had debates about this, and we'll probably get into it later on. Um, And then the ridiculousness of of the equaliser before half time, and. We go in and we come out and it all goes to pieces. And this this is very un-Liverpool for me. This is as badly as we've been playing, you know, on the pitch. This is the most un-Liverpool thing I've seen that our heads completely fell off after that goal. Their keeper makes an error and they galvanise themselves and they go forward and they keep playing and they end up fucking smashing us. Our keeper makes an error and we absolutely go to pieces. And for me, that's probably the major concern here. There's a, a, a huge difference in everything that's going on, like probably around the club. Like I know Real Madrid will always be this major superpower in world football and Spanish football, but like they just don't really care for anything they will always just do what they want to do and tend to be pretty much all right with it. Um, and whatever's going on in the background of their club, they just always have this professionalism, it seems, especially when it comes to the European Cup, to just put everything to one side. And if last season didn't teach anything, then you really weren't watching football because you never, ever write Real Madrid off. Like, all the games that they went through to get to that final and then even the final itself, like from what I can remember because it was a blur. Like we we played pretty much well and you know they, they had the chance, killed the game, ruthless. And at no point even driving to the match through the night, like and the teams come out and you say, shit, like the they were meant to be missing players, but you look at their eleven and you think you know, if, if they're missing players and that's what they put on out, then, you know, we're in trouble because, you know, literally it's reeling off a, a roll call of world stars and you knew that they were never going to panic. Even when we went 2-0 up, they did not change the way they played. And that's the scary thing is, like, we went 2-0 up and being in the ground, really good atmosphere, like, you know, with that bloodthirsty sort of, Get them on the ropes and and you and you put them to bed and you kill them, but not Real Madrid. Like even at Anfield, it, it just doesn't work. They're like zombies. They just keep walking towards you. No matter what you do, they will just walk you down, and they will find a way to walk through you. And they just did. And you know we we didn't help ourselves, but it's just like a a voodoo we've got with them. But it's actually probably not because when it comes to the European Cup, they have their voodoo over everyone else. It's like their little precious stone that they they look after. That I don't think you know it. It have to take something really, really special, or you know, like a major, you know, fuck up for them 
to probably lose because they just seem to have this ability to put everything else aside and just play their game. And yeah, we we are miles away from them, and that, that's the frightening thing because you know seven eight months ago in Paris we probably would have said you know we're, we're actually not that far away. It was just you know a split decision here and there, and you know a goalkeeper that had a man of the match performance. Otherwise, we would have walked away from that game, European champions. But right now. You know, half a season, two thirds of the season down the line, we look an absolute mile, miles light year away from where they are now. Yeah, Chief, this is. I I almost want to take this game and and put it in, put it in a box somewhere mm-hmm. where I don't ever want to look because it's kind of a special case for me. This this is the reason that no matter no matter how you look at Real Madrid's domestic form or whatever, this is the reason that I thought Real Madrid was the worst possible draw for us. Yeah, because we have that experienced trauma. trauma. As, as Wenger, I think once put it, in, we've seen we've seen Arsenal come to Anfield after you know two, 2013, we annihilate them. And they are absolutely humiliated. And every single time they've come to Anfield since then, they've got fucking smashed. And Wenger's quoted that. And it looked like we had almost shaken that off for the first half an hour. And as soon as we get a glimpse of them having things go their way and see that just total arrogance that that, football club possess and their lived experience of somehow by hook or by crook whether it's a courtois performance a goalkeeping error a mo salah dislocated shoulder um situation they've lived it and they're like one way or another we will conspire to win this game and they grew and grew and grew into it and actually, as I said, the goalkeeping error for them, that almost shakes them into life. And Alison's error does exactly the opposite for us. Yeah, 100% um, agree with pretty much exactly what you said there. I mean, I think all of us on the on the pod were gutted to get Madrid in the draw and of all the teams left in I would have taken City seven times if we had to play them in a best of seven I would have taken that over having to play Real Madrid even once never mind in, in two legs um, they have a hoodoo over us we have that shared trauma as you say they, they've, they've dumped us out of the competition in two finals and in fact they've dumped us out of the competition three times in the last five years now four times in the last six, so it's um you know it's 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 a recurrent theme, and it's been basically the same players, give or take, that every every time that have been involved. So I mean that's that's massive to start with. Um, we you know we do start well and and we're playing really well, um, but we're not clinical enough. We don't take our chances at two nil, and we don't take any chances at two one either, and. We should. We really should. We're, we're, we seem to be. We seem to have lulled ourselves into that mode after getting getting the first two that um, 
you know, it's just going to happen now for us. We're, we're in that zone. It's just going to flow. The chances are going to keep coming. It doesn't matter if you miss one. There'll be another one along in a minute. And that's fine. But you've got to take one of them that comes along. Because if you go 3-0, then, then they, because they were panicking, you know, in that opening 15 minutes, they were panicking. There's that one where Salah goes clean through and sort of, well, he doesn't go clean through, but he, but he goes on a run and sort of sits defenders down and he snatches at it at the end. If, if, he, if he just finds a connection or... I think flips. even that's at 1-0, that's at 1-0 though, Chief, I think. Is it's it? Well, I think, I, th- I think I it's think a that, 2. I think it's at 1. I think it's right before he scores the goal. Uh, it might it might be, actually. It might might be. But then there's that other one where he's going through and he ends up sort of spinning and the ball bobbles loose and Darwin hits it and yeah, the, the goal line scramble line. and stuff. And that exactly. and at that point, Chief, at that point, Chief, I was like, we ha- we actually have have them on the ropes. They were on the ropes and they were panicking and they didn't know what to do. Um, the, yeah, they were playing their own game, but the, you know they were panicking. They were passing back. Courtois makes the mistake. He was getting closed down. He was getting the yos off off the Anfield crowd, and the place was a cauldron. And um, and we feel really to to go and get that killer goal, and even a two one, we have chances as well. Um, but the nature of that second goal absolutely kills us, as you say. Courtois goalkeeper error um, galvanizes them, but his is his is a bona fide error. He, he miscontrols it. It bounces off his knee um, when he's when he's trying to sort of yeah get it away from Salah. R one is a is a complete fluke on their part. We talked about it pre pod. You know, um, Vinicius isn't isn't even trying to block that. He's not trying to close it down. He's, he carries his run on, yeah, but he's jumping out of the way and he's trying to protect himself. He's not looking at the ball. He's not looking at the, at, at Allison. He, he has no idea that that ball's going to hit him and, and loop in. And I think even when Jay was saying in the ground, it was difficult to tell. And certainly on the TV, even after it bounces off Vinicius, he can't tell where that's going. And it could go anywhere. It, it could go out. Fuck, it could go out for a throw-in. But it doesn't. <laughs> It just perfectly loops over the keeper and lands just under the crossbar and agonisingly bounces over the line. And it does deflate us. The crowd is completely shocked by it and quietened. Um, The heads go down. It takes us a good sort of five, six, seven minutes to sort of come to terms with that. And even, you know, the passes begin to go astray. Balls are getting knocked out. Long balls are attempted that are going nowhere near the intended recipient and it takes us seven to ten minutes to 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 sort of get anything like um or start playing anything like um sensible controlled football again and uh we managed to sort of robo manages i mean we managed to exert a bit of pressure towards the end of the half and then they get another breakaway and um you know, Robbo is defends really well at the back post. Otherwise, it's a it's a tap in and a certain goal before half time. And you just sort of think, right, half time regroup. We've managed to save that one. We came on back into it a wee bit. So you know, it's not over. Yeah, we started well, and it's um, it's disappointing to be at two two now. But it's as you were, n- nothing lost. Second half, it's just uh, is a is a bit of an embarrassment, really. Um, you know, it's it's a stupid free kick to give away, and it's poor defending. It's a rehearsed move, and there's no stopping the header. It's an absolute bullet, and from there we we collapse. 
um, absolutely collapsed. Um, and I don't think we get anything right in in the second half. I don't think the manager gets much right in the second half. Um, I think everything sort of goes to pot. And you know what I agree with with most of what you said is I want to you know bury that game in a box under the patio <laughs> and uh, n- never to be dug dug up again because it's it, it's come at the worst possible time. And I had a horrible feeling a few weeks ago when we were sort of talking about the run that people were saying, oh, Champions League, we've still got a chance. That's that's our competition, maybe. And I'm going, nah, it's Madrid. And we need to, you know, we need to see that as a completely separate game and not allow it to affect our our, our league season and our, and our mentality. Because if we win it, great, it's a bonus. But the chances are we're getting knocked out. And the one thing you you really really want is that it it, it it is not carried over into league form because we need we need points and we need we need to get up the table and we've just started sort of to enter a decent vein of form. The confidence was coming back and you just hope that that hasn't you know knocked us back to square one. Yeah, Jay, there's there's a couple of performances in there that I'm really, really impressed with. Um, I think I'll, I'll start with uh, Bishevich or Bat- whatever, whatever we're calling him these days. Stefan will do. Aye, uh, him, the kid. Um, he's, he's decent. He's good. He doesn't look out of place. I think it's probably the key thing to say here. But he he does at times and did at times show a bit of an experience in there and I think is it the first goal second goal is it the second goal Mm -hmm. it's it's a turn he doesn't need to make he doesn't need to be so progressive he can he can keep the ball and you know what actually if if the fact that it's the second goal probably even more pertinent that that is the time of the game where if that's for example and say what you want about him, James Milner. He's all about right. Let's keep it safe. Let's play the simple pass. Let's move it around. Let's keep possessing. Let's slow the game down. Let's not give them an opportunity to break on us. And the young lad and his is inexperienced and naively. He, he does the opposite. But as I've said, he didn't look out of place, and it's a credit to him. That he comes through that game without drawing too much negative attention to himself, as opposed based on you know the result and the and, and the outcome. I think, well, it, it's more damning that like he actually looked like our best midfielder, and he's eighteen years of age. He's only been playing probably less than a, a what about a dozen professional games. Um, that kind of says more about the situation that we found ourselves in as a squad, um, whether that be fitness, availability, or ability, um, that he'd actually look our best midfielder at the moment. So that that's one thing, but I don't think it can be. We can be overly critical of the the, the attempted turn or pass because that's just the you don't want to force that out of him because that's the type of player he is. That's the game he's got. Um, um, you no, know, I, I get that. Yeah, I get that. Jay. I'm, 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 
and it's it's not a criticism. It's an it's more an observation that yeah yeah it's it's someone someone with a hundred two hundred senior games under their under the belt that have been in that situation before. They make a different decision, I suppose. Yeah, I I possibly the that's like the first time. I know he's not he's not played many games, but you know he was lashed in to start the Merseyside derby. You know we went to Newcastle away and he starts that game, which you know looking at it was. Was a game that we, you know, we, we very much could have could have lost. Now, when you look back at it, but also like just going into it in general, like they were not in the best sort of form, but they were a lot more cohesive and organised as to where we were. But you know, we, he had the Klopp had the you know the, the belief in the in the lad that he can he can do stuff, and you know that's where obviously looking back on the Newcastle game, that's where the goal came from. To uh, <coughs> excuse me, um, but yeah, it it's just something that. That you just don't have to accept at times, like like you know you get the you're like saying that you know like with a young defender you are going to get mistakes or the young goalkeeper you're going to concede like the odd error. It's just something that we're going to have to to go with because you know his his actual ability is going to outweigh you know the, these odd odd errors and stuff. And he he can come out of that game with his head held high, but you know going in against Modric, who's been you know. Probably one of the the greatest player this country's arguably ever produced, and then you know Valverde, who is carrying Uruguay as a national team, Camavinga, who is the future of France's midfield, and then there was somebody else. Who, uh, I can't think of who else. Val, Valverde is playing in the midfield. Valverde played in midfield, and he uh, is absolutely mustard. superb. Uh, Ceballos, come on as well. Who is the Spanish on, international? Um, and you know he's not a mug. Like if he's in Real Madrid's team, he can't be that much of a bad player. So yeah, he he is he he's learning. Um, and you know, I, you know, we we're gonna get to this weekend's fixture at the end of the pod. But like, I wouldn't be saying you know you hook him out the team because of anything he's done wrong. But I think we are now gonna have to be careful between now and the end of the season in in, in just managing them because you know you can't. Ruin them by overplaying them. Like if you look at, you know, I'm not saying to the extent of what Barcelona has done with like the likes of Petri and the other kid they've got in midfield, who they literally flogged for 18 months to the point of where they broke them. Um, but this kid has got a star-like career ahead of him. Like he, he's got everything it seems, like all the ability, and I think Klopp's under the perfect. He's got the the. Sp- the Spanish ability on the ball, but the Serbian off the ball, like that, that sort of tenacity and aggression, and it's a perfect blend. It's exactly what we need right now because there's not a lot else going on in the field. So looking back on that game, yeah, he is probably one of a small handful of positives that we can take out of it, really. I think there are more positives than, than maybe are are evident on, on, on the surface but let's get the last like, real for me negative out of the way Chief Virgil Gomez he's played well the last couple of games it looks like he might not have suffered a significant loss of pace given the injuries he's had but He's not there yet by by any stretch. If he's going to get back there again, 
it's yeah, it's 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 Lovren-esque. Um, I don't mean to be harsh, like, that's a ter- like that at at this point now, that's a terrible thing to say about anybody, right? Um, you know, especially especially given some of his his political views, but he is the, he is at the scene of what the first goal. I you think so? I'm not so sure. The second goal is pass backs poor. The third goal, it's a daft free kick he gives away. There's the deflection that comes off him as well. That of course it would come off him because that was just the way his night was going. And we don't really know where Matip is. And Kanate, as much as we all like him, this is starting is his unavailability is starting to become a problem. Yeah, well, uh, on Canate, just to start at the end there, I think uh, he should never have played for, for France, really, in the in the World Cup final. He's not been right since he came back. He went with an injury. They they played him in a couple of games. I think he played, uh, certainly uh, came on in the final if he didn't start as well. And he's not been right since he came back. Um, <clears throat> so, thanks, international football. Thanks, FIFA, for scheduling a fucking World Cup in the middle of the season. Um but that's that's by the by now. Yeah, poor Joe Gomez in both senses of the word, unfortunately, um, or in two of the senses. You know, unlucky and and just bad. Um, he, he had a terrible night. Um, yeah. What can you say? He, he, he's, for me, he he's he allows Vinicius to turn. He doesn't get close enough. He, it's a brilliant, brilliant finish, and you're not gonna. Take take that away from him, um, but more could have been done to stop that happening. That was all that he was ever going to try and do. So um, you know, it, it's all a little bit too easy um, for him to 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 get turned and to get that away. Um, and of course, he picks the the postage stamp of the net that he can find, and it, it flies in. Allison's got no chance. The second one. He, he's on the cover, as you say, his, his pace doesn't seem to have suffered too much, but it's almost as if he's so relieved to have gotten to the ball first that he doesn't think about the back pass and he plays it to Allison's weak foot. He plays it inside, giving, giving uh, Vinicius less distance to cover. He, and then he doesn't make an angle for the return either. So he kind of drops Allison in the shit there a bit. The third one. He had decided he was going to make that tackle from five yards away, and he gets there clearly second. And once once you get there, a player who's thinking a bit more clearly doesn't make the tackle. You've got there. There's nowhere for him to go now. He has to turn back. But Joe's already decided he's making that tackle, and he, he makes it come what may, and he, he gets there second. And it's a clear for foul and a clear free kick. So an awful place to give a free kick away. And then, of course, the defending off that is, is not great. Um, it's a rehearsed move and Militar peels off the back back post. Nobody goes with him and he's free at the near post and it's a bullet header. And the fourth one just sums up Joe's evening, really. He, he turns his back on, you know, not the strongest of shots from, from, a, from 30 yards or so, 25 yards. He turns his back, he it deflects off his heel and um it flies into the net. Of course, wrong foot now. So 
it's a night for him to forget. And of course, Klopp finally makes a substitution. But um, unfortunately, the horse had well and truly bolted by that stage. Um, so no point in, in shutting the stable door. Um, so it's it's one to forget for him. And, you know, hopefully he'll come back. But my personal opinion is maybe he will get back to what he was. But he's not the defender that he looked like he could be before the injuries. Um, and I'm, yeah, I remain to be convinced that he ever will be. I think he's fine for the Premier League and uh, the, the standard in the Premier League is not as good as when you, you play a Real Madrid in the Champions League. Um, you know, even, even with the riches, even with the names on paper, even with the money spent and so on, when it comes to quality playing team against team, Real Madrid, for me, are better than anything you face. And Joe Gomez has proven this season already that he's he's fine in the Premier League, but he was he was just 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 off it last night, and he was ruthlessly exposed. And that's one thing you have to say about Real Madrid; they are absolutely ruthless, clinical. They they don't miss chances. Yeah, they, they just don't miss them. Uh, so every chance they got last night pretty much ended up in the net, and um, yeah, it was it was it was a lesson for him, and um, it was unfortunately a chastening experience for all of us who who had to watch it. Um, so well and truly lovered. <sighs> yeah, grimness, grimness. Jay, look, I'm I'm gonna do my best to spin this on its head, right? There. <sighs> Honestly, like the first half hour, I think we're fucking super. Like we're really good. And I was watching it. Obviously, the first goal's early. It's a beautiful, beautiful. It's not even a cross. It's a pass from from Mo Salah and the Nunez. That's become almost a trademark finish of his. And something I've always said about him is his movement is superb. And coming in off that left hand side again, super movement to get in front of the defender. Clever finish. Bang, one nil up. Then there is the the chance um, that Mo has where he shimmies, and that comes from from Darwin defending in the left back area. He manages to, to to push it into Gakpo or fucking flings it into Gakpo with an unbelievable touch and turn. Bullies Camavinga away from him and and sets Mo away, and we saw again for me. Two things. Something really familiar with how that Liverpool team were playing with with positions in the pitch. No matter what you say about Henderson, filling in in that right back zone, you know, very obviously, allowing Trent that space um, and covering for him. Um, we saw Robertson having a bit more license on the left-hand side because they're focusing down the right, um, which we've been able to exploit. The midfield looks familiar. And the front three now, with like as with that, that salad sense, linking and looking like an actual, you know, a unit, a three-man partnership. So, you know, there, there for me, are... There are green shoots there that shouldn't be overlooked, or am I being like well too glass half full? Well too glass half full. Oh, <laughs> fucking negative factor. 
there's there's signs. There's signs. I'll, I'll give you that. But I think if we, well, I suppose Jay, what I'm trying to say is, I, we lose five two, fine, right? That that is what it is. Mm. But in the context of what we've seen prior to kind of Everton. We're, we're unrecognisable, at least for that first 30 minutes, we're recognisable as, as a Jurgen Klopp Liverpool team. Yeah, and, and and I think you've missed a man out, which is Fabinho in midfield. And I know, I know you've you've been highly... No, that's fair. He, he, that's fair. It's, I, it has been better. He looked, he looked at, at times like old Fabinho there. Like he, there was moments, especially in the first half, he looked like old Fabinho. Um, and with every game, I'm more and more impressed with Gappo. His touch is phenomenal, by the way. Like if you if you get any opportunity, anybody listening to this to watch him actually in the flesh, I don't think it it does justice on the telly. What like how good of a, a touch and technically sound he is as a player. Um, right, and you can just see obviously the the goals in recent weeks have made him a lot more confident, and he's growing into the. The role, whether that be, I think we've we've spoken recently, whether it be you know a number nine or whether it be a left wing, we we won't know maybe more when Diaz comes back. Actually, the the makeup of the the front line and how it's going to work and whether he interchanges with Darwin or whatever. But it does give, as you've touched on, Gakpo filling into the sort of the old Bobby Firmino role where he drops in. It gives Darwin that ability to fly in off the left wing, and that's as you said where the goal came from. So, you know, if you're looking back on 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 the good old days, as they say, what like you know, Mane cutting in from the left hand side and Bobby dropping in and doing all sorts of linking bits, then then yeah, I can see where you where you're going with that. Um, I just think, you know, we've spoken it before the pod, like the the midfield, the right side of the midfield role, and I'm not. I'm not digging out Jordan Anderson before we get into this because it happens with Harvey Elliott, it's happened with Naby Keita, it's happened with Thiago, it's happened with whoever has been lumbered with playing that right side of the role. It's obviously a clear tactic from Liverpool and the coaching sets up that that midfielder is the one who advances in the press. And that's how it's always been. If you think back to, to the, again, the good old days, it was... Henderson there and Wijnaldum and Fabinho would shuttle across and, you know, Henderson would go and do his stuff. But back then, he was a lot more mobile. Like, the facts are, he isn't as, as mobile and he can't get around the pitch as much as he used to. Elliot isn't fast enough. So when this player, whoever plays right side of the field role, for me, no problem with them going and setting the press. I just think they go too far in the point that I don't want to see whoever it is in that position pressing the opposition goalkeeper I I think it should get to the point where the forward whether that be Gapo whether it be Darwin or Sal whoever should then be advancing in their position to press because it just opens us up to be punished all the time because any 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 decent footballer you know goalkeeper centre halves if like I'm not again Henderson was the player who played the other night so it's it one of the most recent memory he's pressing Courtois most Salah is high and right. Gapo is somewhere sort of in the middle of the pitch. And then you've got Fabinho and Basetic sort of floating around the centre circle. And then Trent is obviously advanced himself. The centre-half lobbed into that space. It's 2v1 versus Trent. That then, in turn, exposes Gomez. And we've all 
seen, and, and, and it's been massive at times as well, they don't like players running towards them. And I just think we're opening ourselves up to punishment. And that is on clock. That is on the coaching setup. And I don't think, like, people seem to be scared to criticise Jürgen Klopp that, you know, he's brought us so much greatness. But at the end of the day, he's a man doing a job and part of his job. It, if it's glaringly obvious to us as fans, why is it not glaringly obvious to him? He's doing that bit wrong. There must be something we can do to maybe just limit ourselves being so exposed on that right side. I just think we're making it easy for oppositions to come at us because that's where we're open so much. And, and you know, it, it, it's opening up like Gomez, who is, is limited because of ability or injuries or whatever and a massive is is no younger and Trent being so advanced and he's a good defender but he's not a great defender we're handicapping ourselves in games it seems at times and I, I just don't know why we we're not being a little bit more secure in that part of the the pitch I've run out of breath I <laughs> no I like I, I totally understand that and I think we're 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 trying to do the same things now. I I don't know. It's it's a weird switch. I felt like we were trying a multitude of different things for the first half of the season that didn't really work, and now we're trying the things that we're they're used to and, and they know inside out. Some of them, not all of them, because we've got some new players. We've got some youths creeping into the first team. We've got some injuries. And they're still trying to pick this up. Guys are still trying to adapt. And some of the people on the pitch are trying to relearn what has almost been coached out of them, for my, in my opinion, over the last you know six months. So I'm looking at it and I can understand why it's not seamlessly perfect so far but this looks more like a transition than it did previously because previously it just looked like an absolute fucking mess No 100% and I, I can absolutely get behind where, where you're coming from I think we talked about it um, post Everton that it was um, that it was a much more recognisable side uh, in terms of how we played um, much more recognisable performance uh, you could see the the transition you could see where we were trying to get to for the first time and yeah I, I don't know how much was you know coached out of them or or how much we were desperately sort of trying to find a or for what reason we, we were trying to find a new system it seemed to me we started the season you know in the 4-3-3 and what was yeah, what was ruthless, ruthlessly exposed in the first few weeks was that we we couldn't do it with the players that we had. We we couldn't go back to the, to the well because they, they didn't have it in in their legs, or perhaps the mentality wasn't quite there after the 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 disappointment at the end of last season, or a mixture of both. But we could quite see, we could quite clearly see that it wasn't working. And I think as the injuries began to pile up, we were you know we had to try and find a way of playing with the players that we actually had a, available. Um, but I agree with you that um, we're, 
we're looking much more recognisable. And I also agree with with something that was said uh, pre-pod, um, which we haven't brought up here, is that you know most, I would say pretty much every other team, as as you know we talked about before in in Europe, two 0 down after fifteen minutes uh, at Anfield or whatever it was, twenty minutes at Anfield with with that atmosphere and and us basically rampant. At the point they they would have buckled, they would have folded, and you know there's a there is a little bit of of element of surprise you know in there or shock I would say, in that um, that's not supposed to happen when 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 Liverpool this Liverpool are two 0 up in in the Champions League in a home tie uh, after 20 minutes what happened is not supposed to happen. The, the other side is not supposed to fight back and, and, and keep their composure and, and get back into the game and, and take it away from us. So um, there's perhaps a, you know, was it was a little bit of that involved last night. You know, ultimately, again, you said it pre-pod, it wasn't a 5-2 game. Um, and I alluded to it earlier, they were absolutely ruthless. Um, everything, every chance they had, they, they put it in the net. Um, barring that one amazing save from from Allison, which is a, a world class save, um, he sees it late. It's flying right into the corner. It's a great hit from Vinicius, and you know that's probably the only recognisable or memorable chance they had or effort that they had that that didn't hit the back of the net. Um, so we, it, you know, it was a harsh, harsh lesson. Um, of of what life can be like when you when you're playing the very best, and I think, you know, for me, Madrid were pre pre match favourites for the tournament, and they're very much post match favourites for the tournament in in my book. Um, I think the only the bookies will have City as favourites, but they, it's an absolute joke because they just don't win this competition, um, and I can't see that changing this season. Certainly not after their performance last night away at Leipzig. So. Um, you know, you, you've got to factor that in. But, yeah, ultimately, you can see green shoots there. And I think it's more than green shoots. And that's why I really hope that what happened after we went 2-0 up hasn't completely, as I said earlier, knocked them back to, to square one. Because we were we were certainly on the, on the upward curve. And we need to, we sort of need to remember that, you know, it's, it's the Premier League that's the most important. Without finishing where you need to in, in that competition, you don't get into the the, the big bonus European uh, Cup. You know, you don't get into that competition. So uh, we also need to remember the standard is not, we're not going to be playing Real Madrid every week. Um, but uh, I, I just hope that, that those green shoots and, and that recovery continues um with with the next match at, at palace on on saturday night um because it, it has to and hopefully we see more of the progression just quickly i know i'm rabbiting on but on gakpo he was amazing last night and uh, and and on on club i would have to agree that 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 is an area that we get massively exposed in and i would also suggest that we needed to take a little more account of the opposition last night. Um, I heard Klopp pre-match and he was like, well, I haven't really thought too much about that, to be honest. Um, and you, you could see that we didn't really think too much about them. We, we went out and we tried to play our game and it went well for 20 minutes. But when it started to go wrong, we, we didn't change it in any way. 
Uh, we didn't try to plug the gap. We didn't try to keep the ball. We didn't try to slow it down. We didn't we didn't try to manage the game really in in any shape or form. In fact, we sort of tried to chase it, which again is daft in, in the first leg of a two-legged tie. Um, we didn't show cool heads in any way, and I thought the substitutions were were lazy. If I'm honest, it's I don't think Gakpo should have been making way. I don't think bringing on Firmino and, and Jota for, for Nunes and, and Gakpo made any difference whatsoever and, and, and certainly didn't help us in any way. And I thought it was just, a, a, you know, telegraphed substitutions. I th- I'm sure Ancelotti could have could have called that um, from, you know, when he was doing the, when he was doing the, the when he was preparing his team for the game. I'm sure he, he would have known exactly what subs were coming and exactly when and for exactly who. And I think more thought needs to go into that. Um, you know, you, you, you don't just make pre-planned substitutions because you want to bring your other two forwards on. Uh, midfield needed to be the moves there. Uh, we needed to we needed to shore things up. Uh, we needed to change the dynamic of the game, and those subs didn't do that in in any way. So I think Jay's right. Just. Jurgen's done really, really well, and he, he'll continue to, I'm sure. But there are elements there that he needs to work on. Needs needs to rethink. Um, so yeah. But generally, where we are on the upward curve, and let's hope that that continues. You done? Yeah. Do you not think the subs were maybe just we were four two down at that point, and maybe he's just thinking, ah, I he could see we were shot mentally. Yeah, maybe just throw the maybe. dice. Just roll the dice, get these two lads off, and then we'll go again at the weekend in the league with, with the yeah. case of Gapo and Numez. And then yeah, it's got to be hard in that. It's got to be hard in that in that situation as a manager because you're looking but, at it, and it's yeah. it's not necessarily personnel. It's not necessarily tactical. It's and you're calling out, you know, should he change this and change that? Well, I'm Jeez, just I'm saying, maybe you're right. You know, where where there are gaps, make yeah, an listen, effort, to, make maybe, an effort maybe, to plug them. And where you've got a centre back who's having an absolute nightmare, and you've got a fit centre back on the bench, make that change at three two. Make yeah, that change I, at half time. I get that. I get you that. Know? But see, at the same time, there, and this is very, very clock for me. Make a change at half time. That's that's what Jose Mourinho would do because he has absolutely no problem in. Fucking his players under the bus and shattering their confidence. Yeah, but I mean, Klopp has done it though. Jurgen's done it before, and he's he's quite happy to do it to certain players. And I just feel that you know, and I, I think it's great. But no, personally, I, I'd, have, I'd have been starting. Matt, I agree I, with you. Up the you know, I argued that anyway, and and I think at half time that it's the perfect opportunity to make that sub. Gomez has been caught a little bit short for both goals. He's not having a great game. You've got Matt up there. He's got all that experience. He's taken us to the Champions League final twice before. Why is he sitting on the bench? Why? No, I, look, I, I, I can understand that. But if, if I, if I try to, if I try to imagine myself as as Jurgen Klopp and everything we know about him and how his priority is is managing personalities, and managing people. That's but, that's fair. But do you not think he's become too predictable? I, I, the, do you not do you not think that? Because I I do, and I'm I, not taking that from from see, what Sky says or whatever. Because I don't I don't read papers. I don't, you know me. I'm not in the media. And can I ask you? Can I ask you a question? Has is this has this predictability happened in the last six months? This year, 
this this not this calendar year, this season, yeah. I would because, say. Yeah. Because because I I feel but like actually, you know, I, feel, I feel like we've had this conversation and people have had this conversation about Klopp on a number of different occasions around he is, he is predictable in in certain situations for like time substitution and mm-hmm. you would personnel. be led to believe that like that would have maybe been like data or science driven and you know like the whole like you know players can't go into the red zone and manage minutes and all stuff like that but I don't know if we're following at the moment because the whole behind the scenes thing is a whole different ball game it just seems like that's gone absolutely out the window um, but the looking at the situation on, on, on the game on Tuesday night the midfield was begging for legs and he brings on Harvey Elliott and James Milner who with all due respect to them have got no legs and you leave Naby Keita and Curtis Jones on the bench who have got slightly more legs than the two lads who you brought on and that to me then ties back to the point of maybe he was just throwing the game maybe it was a point that he got to the point and thought actually I don't think we know we're going to even get through this tie because the game's gone here, the tie's going to go. I've whipped off Gapo and Nunes and you know what, I'm just not really that arsed. Which isn't the mentality to have, but at the same time, you've, people in the stand were thinking exactly the same, like, what is the point? Yeah, look, I, I, I get it. Um, I... I suppose these issues and concerns have been labelled at Klopp and I can understand where people come from. Now there is the other extreme and I'm looking at Marcus Rashford, right? Marcus Rashford, unbelievable footballer who has been mismanaged on a personal level for a number of years now and we can see how that has impacted his ability to be the best person of himself in the football pitch. All of a sudden, he's got a guy in there who can coach properly, who can manage personalities, who knows when to give a kick up the arse and put an arm around somebody. And maybe Klopp is a little bit too far the arm round way. I, I, I don't know one way or another. That's something people would label, but maybe he's looking at this and going, I have Joe Gomez here. I know how good a footballer him, he can be. This is one game. If the worst happens, we'll deal with it and we'll learn from it and we'll move on. But my priority here is actually not shattering this fella's confidence. So I am going to make a decision and if it all goes fucking pear-shaped, I will take responsibility for that because I am going to protect my players and make them feel like they are safe. It's very noble if that were true. I don't know how true that is. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to come at it from a different angle, Chief. No, I get the, that, but I mean there are the other ways to do it as well. You can you can just take him off at half time and and just say that he had a, a slight injury. You know, there are ways. Yeah, but it's an, you can say that, but but it's it's about how the player himself feels. He will still know he's been taken off at half time, and he I will know, still feel a, okay. A nice word in the ear, like you know, and he Joe. will still feel at half time. Like, right, I gave away a stupid free kick. Maybe he shouldn't have done that, but 
I'm trying to be aggressive because I've been told to be more aggressive. And that was second half. I mean, it was the, the first two goals in the in the first half were right. You know, not so again, again, the, again, the, pass. again, the first goal from from Klopp's perspective, he will say there will be a number of issues that occurred before that situation that should have. So for me to single him out is unfair. We've heard him say that before. Um, but he's happily and, hooked Naby Keita at halftime, or even before. I think I think he's hooked him on. I think once he hooked him on like forty-two minutes, he didn't even wait for the halftime when it's only three minutes away. So he's not averse to doing that. And that was in Naby's second season, so he's not averse to doing it. I just I just don't think he was quite at the races. I don't think he played the Klopp played his his best hand last night for whatever reason, and that's not to say that he's a bad manager or the anything, but I think. You know, it's a it's a fair assessment. Yeah. Okay. All right. Look, let's let's move away from this absolute <laughs> debacle. All right, Jay. It's it's Palace on Saturday night. It's away. It's it's one of those weird fixtures that you you think you hate going to. Because of like the three three two thousand and fourteen, right? Yeah. But actually, and because like the atmosphere is historically very good, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but historically, we go there and we do pretty well. And this really is—it's a test of metal. This can we pick ourselves up from that, and can we move forward? And I wouldn't be massively surprised if he. Sends the same eleven out again, and say go and go and make amends. Uh, I wouldn't personally send the same eleven out. If just having a quick, I know, check I know you wouldn't. Jordan Henderson <laughs> was not eleven, so of course you wouldn't. But I'm, 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 try, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, predict with them what will be going on in the manager's head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just had a quick look back in our fifteen. Last meetings with Crystal Palace in the Premier League, we've only lost once, which was at home, which was the Ben Tehe game, if I remember rightly, under Roy Hodgson. And we've won every other game apart from a game early on the season, which we drew, which was the infamous Darwin Nunes, um, tickling Joachim Anderson's uh, nose with his hair. Um, I, I just think changes are needed. Like... Rolling them out there again. That'd be rolling. Is that the third game in a row? Apart from maybe Van Dyke coming in at the weekend against Newcastle, so like the rest of the team would have been unchanged. I think that was the only change that was made last weekend. Um, was Van Dyke coming from Matter? Um, so you you rolling the same lot out, and there's there's calls for. Well, why wouldn't you? In terms of like, as you mentioned earlier, on the green shoots showing in the forward line, and yeah, I don't think there is any reason to change the forward line. I do think there's a change to be made at the back, and I do think obviously Joe Matip is to come in, um, and I do think there's changes to be made in midfield because we've got two games next week. We've got a game Saturday night, we've got a game on Wednesday night as well. If I think on um, at home to Wolves, so you know we we can't keep rolling the same lads out because. You, you are going to flog them. You do need to have a, a semblance of rotation. And that was a, as much as a heavy game, you know, mentally to take on against Real Madrid. It would have been physically tired. And we were chasing them for the second half, or we were trying to chase them. We were chasing shadows more than anything. But 
physically it would have taken its toll. So I, I don't believe you you should be rolling the same team out. And you know, there's a few people in that team who could be said, well, you may be taking out the final line, but also you, you don't want another start because because there's lads there who you know if you run the meritocracy, you, you should be given the shot. Like, and I'm not pinpointing anyone in particular, but Naby Keita for me did not do anything wrong really in the games he played, and then he's not played in the last three games, and he's not being used off the bench in the last two. I don't think he's done anything wrong to warrant being benched unless it's something off the field or on the training ground or something personal. That's kind of it? it's, it's the contract. It, 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 it could well be, but you've got to use him. Jay, do you I, think this is potentially another flaw in Klopp's approach that sometimes it's too long term and he is looking at it and going, why would I use Naby when... I am trying to plan for next season and understand what I need to do with the midfield for next season. Well, why, why would is I he using James Milner? Is, is the is the absolute argument against it? Uh, but well, that is a. I think that's a different conversation. And I've said this. I've, I've said this before. Like, there's a reason that Alex Ferguson keeps Paul Scholes and Ryan Giggs about, even though they're playing. I don't know. Like the year Giggs won Player of the Year, I think he started fucking twelve games or something. I've got nope. nothing against seeing James Miller at times because I do think there's there's games that you think like last ten to fifteen you need him. Just you know go and kick someone up in the air, disrupt the game, break it up, and whatever. But if 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 the situation he's holding over Naby is a contract, well you know you, you're still putting Bobby out there, you're still putting Milner out there who were in. The same situation now. Maybe there's something behind the scenes where they're staying. I don't know, but right now, Navi Keita is a fit midfielder mm-hmm. who could be utilised and useful to us. And in his recent appearances, I thought he was pretty good. I'm not saying he was ten out of ten. He was, you know, he was a decent seven or eight at times. But why would you hamstring yourself and just leave him on the bench and then you're putting lads out there who? At times, look physically shot. I I just don't understand it really, I, and that's why I think there should be changes made in midfield. And you know, would it then be a kick up the arse to others? Wait, do we want to go out and flog Basisic for the rest of the season? I, I I don't know. I just think if you've got players available, the likes of you know even Curtis Jones, is he is he going to be a player for us or not? Well, maybe now's the time to find out because the season. Could well be over. Like maybe a chase for top four is on, but if not, then let's find out if this kid's good enough. And if he isn't, then I'm sorry, you've got to be a bit more ruthless and you've got to let him go. Yeah, yeah. Fair. On that, like ahead, Curtis Jones, I think. I mean, I don't know. He's had a couple of injuries, and maybe you know he's maybe not quite back to to where he was, but he certainly has been good enough in the past to to you know. To put in any eleven in any really in any Premier League game, um, and I don't really understand the reticence to use him. Naby Keita is a, a case in point for me of of a situation in which sometimes Klopp is not pragmatic enough. Um, he's there's no there, there's no way that I, I can believe that Naby Keita is not getting not getting close to to teams because. 
he doesn't merit it. Uh, as Jay said, his performances, you know, are, are absolutely fine. You know, seven out of ten minimum, basically. Um, and he hasn't he hasn't shown himself up for for seasons. And even when he has, it's been once or twice. You know, and and of course they're the games that people remember, like that where he does get hooked just before halftime. But more often than not, he puts in a great shift. He was really good for us last season in in big games. And um, the, the 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 scarceness of of his uh, time on the pitch, or the scarcity of his time on the pitch, is is to me it shows that there there is a problem there. Whether it is the contract, I think it is because I think he's been much more reluctant to to use him since basically we found out that he's he's probably leaving, probably going on a free. Um, and I think that's an issue. Um, I think at times you you know Carlo Ancelotti, the manager we were up against there, is 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 the king of play the hands you've got, play the cards you've got, play the hands you've got. Um, don't worry too much about the future, don't worry about the past, just deal with the moment and and play your best cards. And um, sometimes, sometimes, not all always, but in certain cases, Klopp can be a, a little bit little bit guilty of not doing that. And I would agree with Jay. I think there do need to be changes made in, in the midfield. And I think, yeah, exactly as Jay said, Matip has to come in at the back. Um, good as by Cheddar's has been, you, you, can't, you can't roll him out game after game after game after game. And we know Henderson needs a rest. Uh, he can't play that many games in a week or in, in, in close proximity. Um, Fabinho looks back to, to being you know, close to his best. So that's one real bonus. But we do need to make changes in there. Um, so let's let's hope that we see some. All right, then, lads. So just before we finish, Jay, what's your eleven for Saturday night? Um, massive been the back line. Uh, add the rest as is because that's all we've got. Um, I would roll out a midfield of Fabinho, Keita. Um, I give Jones a go. I was torn between Elliot and Jones. You know, like something. You know, someone's put the foot on the ball and that. But I just think they've got more physicality about them. Um, so I, I'd go with Jones, who's just a slightly bigger figure. Um, and then I'd go again with the front three as is because what we've seen from Jossard and Bobby is, you know, it's a lot of endeavour, but it's it's a lot of rust. Like, and I know that only comes off with games, but you know, maybe giving them half hours here and there. Maybe, maybe there's a call for for one of them to start the week after when we play Wolves at home. You know, like that. A home fixture is probably an ideal one if you're going to drop one of them in. But yeah, I you know, in recent weeks, Salah, Nunes, Gapo have all been on the score sheet. So you know, it's it's not really broke if anything it's starting to click so why would you not change that, that that's what I go with yeah I wholeheartedly agree uh, that would be my 11 and the same thing either Elliot or Jones but but why not give Curtis a game um that midfield should be should be yeah should be fine against against Palace um so I would just second exactly what, what Jay said there all right then how about you <sighs> Matt for Gomez is probably the only change I would make, I think. 
not the splinters out your ass because you're on the fence. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I think that's the only sense I would make. Um, I, I just think that at this point now, more than ever, what we need is continuity. And for too long this season, and you know, Chiefs reference to COVID season. For me, that was a key issue in the COVID season. It was a lack of continuity, a lack of the same players on the pitch, learning to play with one another, understanding one another. And, you know, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that for the first time this season, we've had like a pretty stable 11 or certainly like nine or 10 out of the 11 going out, playing the same way, playing the same tactics, playing the same formations. And we've seen what, I feel is just a far more recognisable version of Liverpool. Sure, we're not perfect yet. Sure, there are, are are players that need to be replaced and players that maybe need to be pulled out um, and upgrades that need to be made and tactics that need to be learned by some of the new guys coming in. But this is, I think, our best shot of... Anything. <laughs> It's our best shot. It's our best shot of of getting in the Champions League and, and making top four. The only the only thing I'd say is like we've just played Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday again, then Wednesday next week. Like it's a lot of a lot of games in a short amount of time. That there's gonna have to be rotation. Yeah. And, 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 some and, yeah, and this would be the yeah. game because you know it's. <laughs> You've got to rotate across this game and and the Wolves one because you you know you you've you've put your best cards on the table as such in the last two games. We got a win in one, we got hammered in the other. So now it's time to like shuffle the deck ever so slightly. And maybe maybe you know we've gone a bit much in the field, but obviously there is calls for you know just keeping it fresh and making sure you know if you know if you'd only get sixty minutes out and then predictable subs that we've just said. And you know what, yeah, I think that's kind of my argument here. I think I think the five subs make a massive difference in being able to start the same eleven every week. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, yeah. I, because, because literally half you you can get away with half the team only playing sixty minutes. I don't think we used them particularly well. I, I it's it's bizarre. I think we functioned better when we when we had three. I think uh, he had fewer choices to make and fewer options. And I think um, everybody, I think everyone's learning how to manage that situation. Yeah, I, though I exactly. think you know, and I, I don't think we at the moment have have mastered that. Um, yeah, I can can see where you're coming from with that, like, and and he he, he might just do that. He might just just change Matt up and 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 leave everything else the same. But yeah. I'd agree with Jay in that the rotation will need to happen, and I can see. I can see Jada and Elliot starting against Wolves, for example, at home. Um, Jada against his former club, and Elliot likes a likes a goal and a and a, and a game against Wolves. So I can see them coming in there. So it'd be interesting to see, anyway. Okay then. All right. So, yeah. Thanks for joining me, lads. My voice is going. My head's already gone. Much like the Reds. Until next time, up the continuity, Reds.